The self-contained breathing apparatus, or SCBA, has a direct impact when it comes to our personal safety on the fire ground. Our lives literally depend on its proper operation and use, so it's not news to those of you who are currently serving as firefighters that you should be checking it off and making sure that it's in operating order at the beginning of each shift. We may be operating with different sizes of SCBAs like 30, 45, or 60-minute bottles, but knowing what you're working with is important. But what's even more important is knowing how long you can make that bottle last when you're working and performing fireground operations. There are a lot of factors that contribute to how long your bottle lasts. Fortunately, you have control over one of the biggest factors, how you breathe. A lot of this goes hand in hand with your level of fitness as well. So in today's episode, I'll talk about some of the limiting physical factors and how we can use conscious methods of breathing to help us maintain control and last longer when it counts. You are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a form dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. Preparing for the worst and hoping for the best is the nature of the game when it comes to being a firefighter. It's not a negative mindset per se, but one of discipline and preparation. Those on the outside looking in sometimes tend to think of it as a negative outlook, but what they don't understand is that you can't train too much for a career that can kill you. This is why we should be conscious in our efforts in regards to mindset and physical ability. This is why complacency kills us. We get lazy. We make sloppy mistakes. We gain weight. We succumb to the things like heart disease and or diabetes. It's unacceptable. And the only way to fight it is to be conscious about stacking the deck in our favor, which is what the Ignited Movement is all about, right? Becoming the firefighter you'd want on your crew. In keeping with the adage that has driven my performance since I was a kid, I'd like to talk about something that melds the two elements of civilize the mind but make savage the body together. I'm going to talk about some things that we can do to better prepare ourselves for game day by getting us in optimal physical shape. The whole reason we drill and the whole reason we train is to refine our response, not our reaction to any given situation. 
Remember, a reaction is uncontrolled and typically emotional. A response is controlled, powerful, and productive. Here are a couple methods that we can initiate into our training regimens in order to make savage our bodies. There are two types of drills I'd like to talk about today. One is consumption drills or breathe downs, and the other is last breath drills. So let's start off with consumption drills. For any of us who've worked on a fire ground while donning an SCBA, we know that the rated amount of time that we're promised by the manufacturer is typically a lie. Now that's not like they're purposefully lying to you, but it's typically not the maximum amount that we're, that we're told it is. So for example, the 45 minute bottle on average lasts about like 32 minutes, roughly. This is the manufacturer's rating, not the department's. This doesn't consider the factors and reasons that we'd wear the SCBA in the first place. Things like the size of the person wearing it, the individual fitness level, stress level, and the work intensity, and so on. Um, something that I just learned about are the rules of air management, or ROAM. I don't know if you guys have heard that acronym before, but I just read about it. Uh, the rules of air management, ROAM, R-O-A-M. Now, this isn't taking into consideration the latest changes to NFPA 1981, which I will talk about in a bit. But just hear me out on what Rome refers to. I understand the principles of Rome, but I've never heard them put into that acronym before, like I said. So the rules of air management dictate that 25% of your air is spent getting to the fire, 25% is spent doing the actual work on the fire ground, 25% is spent exiting the conditions or the hazard zone, and 25% is a reserve for if something, quote, goes wrong. Those were interesting numbers to read about, but when it comes to actually living the scenario, it's not so cut and dry, is it? It's no surprise that when stress kicks in, our bodies naturally respond by increasing our respiratory rate, and as an obvious result, we consume more air from our bottle. This is a huge reason why we need to identify the best methods for conserving air. Consumption or breathe down drills are the best way to figure out how long a specific bottle will last you under working conditions. It's practical and it's not like you're waiting until the tones ring out to, to perform this test. The goal is to replicate working conditions that you'd experience on the fire ground as closely as possible. And I'd say to amp it up even a little bit more and incorporate some elements that you might not always face. That way, as you run through it and consciously focus on your technique and breathing, you'll be training to a higher level so that when it comes game time, you'll be more than ready to perform at your peak. Every time I've done a breathe down, I've had fun doing it. It's fun, it's memorable, and you know how we get in the fire service, we often turn it into a competition. But... Maybe it's because I'm always looking forward to a challenge. I don't know, but any opportunity I have to wear my turnouts and do some work, I'm a happy boy. But before you go out performing a consumption or breathe down drill, you should always start with a baseline set of vitals for measurement because what gets measured gets improved, right? So you need that baseline. You want to record a pulse and a blood pressure before you do anything. Also, as medical professionals, we should have people standing by uh, just in case we witness any warning signs or exhibit any warning signs uh, of being in trouble. So 
Here's what a consumption drill or a breathe-down drill might look like. Number one, these are the steps you should go through in order. Number one, perform a baseline set of vitals, including pulse and blood pressure. Number two, make sure everyone understands that the skills will be performed in full turnouts and SCBA, hooked into air. Number three, record the amount of air in the SCBA tank and the starting time of each participant. Number four, run each participant through high energy, cardio and strength intensive activities that are relatable to the fire ground, such as a hose drag, a tire pull, forcible entry, a ladder carry, or even dragging another firefighter who's also in full turnouts and SCBA. Number five, the instant that each member's low air alarm goes off, stop the drill, mark the time, and have the participant rest while still wearing all their equipment. This, uh, this step will lead you directly into the last breath drill, which I'll go on to in just a second. Number six, calculate the working time. Uh, this is the time each member can expect to get out of the bottle that they're wearing. Uh, like I said, step five will lead you right into the last breath drill. This drill is meant to solely focus on breathing techniques that will help you make your reserve last as long as possible. If you become trapped in a structure or you find yourself lost, we're always encouraged to self-extricate if possible. But when that's not possible, we are directed to stay in place, communicate a mayday, and conserve our air, right? Make noise, light up the scene, do everything you can to be found. Once we've reached the low air alarm on our SCBA, we should stop what we're doing and get into a resting position either on the ground or sitting in a chair that's set up specifically for this drill. If you've never done this drill, you absolutely need to. Again, what gets measured gets improved. So here's what a last breath drill might look like. So step one, continuing from the bottle that you just used for the breathe down drill, start a new timer from when the low air alarm starts to sound. Number two, let each participant breathe down their bottle completely until their bottle is totally empty. At this point, have them remove their mask and breathe normally. Number three, this is a good time to review emergency procedures for when your air runs out or you become lost and have to call a mayday. Things like making noise, radio communications, all of those things. We want to get our minds in a place where we're ready to think about the things that would otherwise save our lives um, at that point. So that when and if we ever find ourselves in that situation, it's not a scramble, right? Number four, discuss with each participant what challenges they may have been met with, mental or physical. This is open discussion. So this open discussion just leads to improvement in the system, improvement with your way of thinking, and improvement all around. Our lives depend on the air tanks that we wear on our backs. So it's crucial to know where we stand in regards to using this specialized equipment. Now let's move on to some breathing techniques that we can incorporate so that we can be mentally prepared to take control when everything around us is falling down. According to the latest NFPA 1981 standard, which for those of you who don't know your NFPA standards by heart, <laughs> just kidding, I had to look this one up too. 
this is the standard on open circuit self-contained breathing apparatus for emergency services. So according to 1981, all air packs will activate on the low air alarm when the air pressure reaches 33%. That means that your bottle is broken into thirds. I discussed the rules of air management earlier. Remember Rome, that crazy acronym? I guess it's not so crazy. It actually kind of makes sense. But um, since the NFPA standard has been updated, you should think of your air bottle in terms of thirds. All of these numbers and percentages are great to know and remember uh, for testing purposes or gee whiz trivia. But what's more important is to be able to actively control your breathing and your mindset while you're doing the work that you got all dressed up to do. So here are some techniques that I've found can help us be more conscious of our breathing so that we can control how effectively we're using the air tanks on our backs. Number one, skip breathing. This is a normal inhalation held for several seconds, followed by an additional inhalation before exhalation. So take a second and go through a skip breathe. Right now, take a normal breath in, hold it for several seconds, follow it by an additional inhalation, then breathe out. That's skip breathing. Number two, box breathing. This is something that I do whenever I find myself overwhelmed or feeling a bit stressed. Uh, I find that box breathing really gets my mind back to where it needs to be. If I'm at the gym and my breathing's getting a little out of control, if I'm doing like a hardcore hit circuit or something, then I rely on box breathing to kind of get me back in the game. So this is how box breathing works. You do a slow inhalation over three to four seconds. You hold it for three to four seconds. You exhale over three to four seconds, and then you hold it out for three to four seconds before the next inhalation. So let's practice that right now while you're listening. Do a slow inhalation over three to four seconds. Now hold it for three to four seconds. Exhale that breath over three to four seconds, and then hold it out for three to four seconds. I typically use four seconds. I, I push it to the max on that end. Um, like I said, that's the, the method that I personally have found that works best for me, but let's move on. Number three, the Riley Emergency Breathing Technique. They call it R-EBT. I don't know. I don't know if that helps you remember it or whatever, but that's what it's called. It's a slow inhalation followed by an exhalation controlled by the athlete making a humming sound as the breath is released. And I actually kind of do this uh, when I'm <laughs> trying to sleep and it helps me get back to bed after those midnight calls or whatnot, those three calls after midnight, four calls after midnight, when you're having trouble getting back into your sleeping rhythm. This is how I kind of quote self-soothe myself back to going to sleep. So let's do it right now. Unless you're driving and then don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. You'll be all right. So a slow inhalation followed by an exhalation with the person, the athlete, making a humming sound as the breath is released. Right? It's like you smell something good. It's like you smell delicious cookies baking or something. That's what it makes me think of anyway. Um, number four, straw breathing. 
This is a slow inhalation followed by an exhalation controlled by pursing the lips to mimic breathing through a straw. So take a second. Let's do that right now. A slow inhalation followed by an exhalation controlled by pursing the lips to mimic breathing through a straw. So basically you're just pursing your lips um, to create that back pressure on your alveoli, right? So that your alveoli and your lungs fill out and get the most oxygen exchange that you can. Um, we tend to naturally do this when we lift heavy weights or whatnot. And sometimes we even hold our breath, which is actually not the best thing for us to do because it drops our heart rate, right? We stimulate our vagal nerve. Um, so side note, if you're lifting heavy weights, I know a lot of people like to lock in quote unquote when they do deads or something heavy and they go, and then they hold their breath, perform the exercise and then let it out. I'm not a big fan of that. I think it puts too much pressure on your arterial walls. It could put you at risk for um, aneurysms, things like that. It's just not a good practice. What's a better practice is to control your breathing, not stifle it, just control it. So um, like I'll do straw breathing when I'm lifting heavy weights and I'll breathe in and then I'll breathe out with pursed lips, but I'm still breathing out. I'm not putting that needless pressure on my respiratory system and on my circulation system. Now keep in mind that I've provided you with four different techniques for a reason. Personally, like I said, I've found that box breathing has worked the best for me in making my air tank last as long as possible under working conditions. But I've provided these several methods so that you can get out there with your air pack on and practice each type of method to see which one works best for you. Now that you're armed with some knowledge, go out and apply it. Knowledge without application is wasted. Like I said, you can never train too much for a job that can kill you. You owe it to the people you serve. You owe it to the brothers and sisters serving alongside you, and you owe it to your family to always be at the ready. My dad would always give me a hard time for being a firefighter, and he would tease me that all I do is wash trucks and sit in the recliner. And this was good insight as to how the public views us. One thing I'd tell him was that I don't get paid for what I do. I get paid for what I can do at any given moment. Live up to this adage by training often. Be the firefighter you want on your crew, and remember that we don't rise to the level of our expectations, but we fall to the level of our training. Now, go out there and make it happen. You guys will find a link to the SCBA mask trainer featured in today's episode image in the show notes. I've used an elevation training mask for years, and it's helped me build up my diaphragm strength, and it also helps me focus on my breathing during my workouts. I will caution you, though, that if you use an elevation training mask or an SCBA mask trainer over an extended period of weeks, that you closely monitor your red blood cells so that you don't run the risk of polycythemia and throwing a clot. Just something to keep in mind. Get your blood levels checked every one to two weeks, probably two weeks. As always, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter podcast. Please subscribe and share. As we delve deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask any question you'd like. I'm building this community for us, and one way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. 
This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show. We're brothers and sisters, and we need to do what we can to rebuild the brotherhood that attracted us to the profession in the first place. The only way this is going to happen is through open and honest communication. As we openly talk about things and ask the tough questions, we give our brothers and sisters power to do the same. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.